Welcome to Leadership Backstage, a series of unique conversations with leaders about their role today and tomorrow. Hi, my name is Tricia Schroeder-Hohenwald. I am an executive coach, an organizational consultant, and the owner of DSH International HR. Another podcast about leadership, seriously? Yes, but somehow different. Over the years, I have been involved in lots of discussions about leadership. What it is, what it is not, what it will be, what it should be, and so on. But from my perspective, far too little open discussions have taken place with leaders about this subject. This is what I want to change here. I want to give leaders a voice, listen to what they say, and see what we can all learn from each other. And also, I have worked with many great leaders in the confidential space of our coaching sessions. But this time, it's not a conversation behind closed doors. The leaders here have accepted to share their thoughts openly, and I hope you will enjoy this backstage view on leadership. talk about leadership. Werner, it was um, 2011, I think, and uh, we were learning about systemic consulting in Vienna with uh, Neuwaldeck, if you remember. I had the pleasure to, to meet you there and to spend some time with you, and I was so impressed about your experience. I thought I need to talk to you about leadership, and that's why uh, that's why I contacted you. So, Danny yep. Werner, uh, a few words about your responsibility today. Well, I'm in the management board of the of the Red Cross. Uh, I'm the director of the management board of the Austrian Red Cross, uh, but specifically, it's the management board uh, of the holding organization of the Red Cross. So in my direct res responsibility, I'm responsible for 500 people, 500 employees, and an annual turnover of some 75 million euros. Indirectly, uh, I, I could say uh, I'm responsible for 700 million euros, uh, but they are effectuated in the in the nine regions of Austria, which also corresponds to the nine regions of the Austrian Red Cross. And the main activities like uh, emergency ambulance services, uh, home care, home help, blood services, they are carried out by the regions. Uh, the holding organization is operating its own blood bank, the largest blood bank in Austria with some 300 employees uh, and also a purchasing agency. And we're also, what we're responsible for is all the, for external relationships and for all the humanitarian activities abroad. When I did some research about the Austrian Red Cross, I was very, very impressed that you have, um, yeah, if you put together the paid staff, and, and the volunteers, you have more than 87,000 people um, involved in the, in the Red Cross business. Yeah. I was not aware of it. It's yeah, quite yeah. impressive. What does it mean for you uh, in terms of leadership? Well, you're right. Altogether, it's 700 million euros. It's, it's a lot of people, but as I said, most of them are employed by the regions. Uh, and basically, you mentioned the, the, the voluntary workforce of the Red Cross. So basically, you could say that Red Cross is a voluntary organization because 40% of the total workload is being done by volunteers. 
25% are being done by what we call people doing their community service in the Red Cross. Instead of joining the army, they join the Red Cross for nine months. And some 35% is being done by, uh, by paid staff. And you talk about uh, leadership in what I call a federal organization, or you could call it a confederation, where, the, where there is a holding organization. At the same time, there are legally independent units in the regions. So how does it work to work together? Um, well, first of all is, uh, I think it's a very good training if, if you believe in, in management in the sense of sensing and responding uh, in, in the sense of enabling, in the sense of facilitating, in the sense of creating common meaning, of, of creating a common purpose. It does not work at all. So I would say you're the wrong person for a confederation if you believe in command and control. If you believe in the, let's say, the image of a, of, of a leader standing on top of a hill like a military leader and making the calls. It just does not work. As you mentioned, we have both underwent this uh, training course in systemic management. Mm -hmm. I think federations like the Red Cross are very good examples that some signals you send out, some interventions you do are mm -hmm. just not accepted by the organization. That's what you have to live with. Uh, some of the ideas I throw at the organization or our team, I do believe in teamwork, throws at, at the regions, or they don't even listen. Give us an example of what it means concretely. Uh, well, but just recently, we had the idea uh, of asking the 70, almost 75,000 volunteers. And I, I told the regional presidents and, and directors that, listen, 75,000 volunteers. We might have one or two clandestine future Nobel Prize winners amongst them. We just never asked them. So why don't we have certain topics, what we call our Northern Star topics. We all believe in that this is going to be important for the future. Why don't we ask them and say, what can we do better? What way can we do faster, cheaper, different? And maybe it was, it was, it was not prepared well, the intervention, but it was turned down by the regions. They said, no, we can do this on a regional basis. We, can do it. we do it every day on a local basis. You know, they, we, we have a participatory approach in, in our management. People sort of, if they have ideas, they come towards us. And maybe we also coined the wrong phrases and saying we want to interview them, send them an email and tell, they should tell us what they think. And there were, there were sort of ideas coming up from the, from, from the regional management. Are oh, they going to tell us that we need bigger cars? Or a car should, be, should have different colors or we need better uniforms? I said, well, maybe. But then what we proposed is have an external jury, you know, sort of evaluating the proposals and then coming up with the three top proposals. And these top proposals should be treated by the end of the year, where we always have a joint conference of all the leaders, all those who, who run operations and though does it mean that you have a collective decision process? We have two decision processes running parallel. We have one at the, at the headquarters level, what is called the Austrian Red Cross. And then we have parallel decision processes in the regions. But we have agreed on, let's say, six or seven general activities or topics which we all feel responsible for, which is ambulance emergency services, home care, home health, blood services, youth Red Cross, humanitarian aid abroad. There we have collective decision processes. That's why we meet quite often with the regional chapters, with the regional directors. We, we have five meetings, two days each. So it's a lot of communication going on between the regions. This is something I have dramatically changed uh, from the time I came in. There used to be three meetings, half a day. 
Now we have 10 days of intense communication, which has led to a lot of common decision-making. But as I mentioned before, in, in this case, where we ask for sort of, where we propose that we ask our 75,000 uh, volunteers, there were a lot of arguments. So that's one of the lessons learned in 20 years. We tried it once. <laughs> I guarantee we'll try it again. You know, maybe the time was wrong. Maybe it was not well prepared. Maybe we talked to the wrong people. Uh, maybe we should have brought some uh, sort of testimonials from, from other organizations or from our yeah. own volunteers. Uh, that's the kind of resistance you have to live with in, in, in a confederation. It's not unusual. If you yeah. think as a manager, oh, well, I have lost a battle. No, maybe it's true you have lost a battle, but you have no way you have lost a war. Yeah? Yes. But I'm, as a humanitarian, I should not use these categories. Yeah? Mm -hmm. But it's, it is quite clear for me that something went wrong. But uh, in all these years you've been doing these jobs, you, you, you probably have managed, like, like the example of the meetings, uh, quite a few things that went uh, well. Give us an example that went, uh, that went quite well, an idea that you had is something where you're very proud that you managed to, to implement that in the organization. Uh, for example, we used to have a situation where every region had its own purchasing agency. So, and that was a long battle and we came, we always defended the idea and said we should have shared services in certain areas like fundraising, like purchasing, uh, campaigning, uh, IT. And after a couple of tries, we came up with the idea and then everybody agreed in the organization that we have one central purchasing agency. And then another thing I learned is even if we have one central agency, that does not mean that every region is exclusively buying from this agency. But mm -hmm. instead of buying 10% of their purchasing volume in the past, they're now buying 50, 60, 70% of their volume. So I think in a confederation, you have to be patient. But I think it's a very good training for, as I said, for sensing and responding, for, for enabling, for facilitating, for listening, constantly communicating. But that, that's also my, my notion of, of leadership. Well, I, I don't make such a big difference between management and leadership. I think they go, they blend together. Yeah. I don't think I could sort of restrain myself to a leadership notion and say, well, I'm just a leader. I'm not managing anything. You have to be able to manage yourself which means what is my preferred environment to work in? You have to be sure every job you accept, is this the kind of company I would like to work in? Are these the kind of values I adhere to? Is this the kind of environment I, I want to work with? They're open offices, for example. Some people are just not used to, to work. They cannot contribute well in an open office atmosphere. How do I spend my time? I have to know, how, how do I communicate? I'm, am I Am I somebody who reacts to written communication or am I somebody uh, and, and I have to let people know also my people because I'm, I'm not so much used to written communication. I'm somebody people can talk to on the way to the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. I will maybe write it down or just remember it or when I come back from lunch, tell my office, listen, I think we should dive into this. It's an interesting idea. My office door is always open. I'm known for immediate real-time communication. People can step into my office anytime. Uh, what I don't like if they just come with a problem. I tell them, Let's, I'm, I'm ready to acknowledge your problem. At the same time, I'm not ready to think about a solution. You have to think about the solutions first. I'm ready to discuss alternative solutions with you. That's what I think I'm here for, not, in order, not to solve your problem. Um, so, but it's, it's managing 
my, myself and also, and that has a lot to do with uh, sort of communicating expectations. What do I expect from the people I'm responsible for and what can they expect from me? Yeah? I discovered maybe I'm not the best listeners. So this is something knowing myself, managing myself. I'm trying, I'm forcing myself. I'm now come on, sit down, listen to the people, shut up, don't talk. Just let them finish first. And then you can always, there's lots of time to ask questions. You don't have to be afraid that you, there's no time for you to talk. When, when did you learn this? When did you notice for yourself that you, you might not be the best listener? Well, I have two things. I have a sort of a, a secret board outside of the organization. Two or three people are, well, two of them are um, consultants. One of them is a pilot. Uh, and I have always trusted them and from time to time they do sort of coaching or mentoring i come up with an idea and say what do you think how would you go about it this is what i did do you think it was wise it was smart would you have done it differently so they're my secret uh, board of advisors and then within the organization i have two people and they have sort of they they're like the the old fools in in the medieval kingdoms or uh, they can they can say anything all they have to do is be honest with me because I realize sometimes, uh, especially with people who come from other organizations in our blood services, they come from hospitals, they used to work in hierarchies, they would never step up and say, Werner, I'm not in agreement or what you're saying is, is, is nonsense. Uh, so early on, I said, if something goes wrong, you can come up to, come up to me. So there will be no consequences. Uh, whatever you think you want to say, please tell me. I'm, I'm not saying I will respond to it in a way that says, oh, you're right. Uh, I will change it immediately, but I would like to know what some one or two people, smart people in the organization, how do they sort of, that uh, they can give me feedback uh, in any way they think it is, they want to do it. What did you learn from them? Uh, well, because you ask, how, yeah. how did I... How did I discover that I'm not the best listener? That's yeah. what they said. Yeah. Is it sometimes we think when we talk to you, you're somewhere far away. Uh, you don't, you don't really listen well. You don't talk, but we don't have the feeling you listen well. And you know what it creates? It creates for us, it creates the feeling you don't take us seriously. Mm. We're just sitting there and talking and you think about something else. So, uh, the same, sometimes my children told me, Papa, are you listening? Um, I think it helps to be a musician and I'm playing in a duet with, with a friend of mine who is playing the accordion. And there, that was a good training for listening. You know, if you do, if you play music with somebody else, he told me in order to be a very good listener, when we play duets, when we play together, you will have to be able to play by heart. So you're not distracted by the music sheet you're looking at, and then you can listen a lot better to what we're doing together. Mm, very nice, very nice. We were um, uh, exploring the question of the last 20 years and what you learned in leadership. You, you obviously learned a lot about yourself with the feedback you got. What else did you learn? Well, you know, feedback, as they say, is the breakfast of the champions. So, and sometimes it's, that's what I mean by having honest feedback. And that becomes, even when you've been working in, in an organization for 20 years, maybe that's, that's, all, that's too long already. You know, people think it's always been that way, has been around for 20 years. So he, he will not change at the age of 67 anymore. Why tell him? Uh, so it's good to have people from outside giving you feedback and, and people from one or two people from inside saying, listen, you ask us, here is the answer. You know, we might not be right, but that's what we think. Well, the, the other thing is, uh, I think you have to 
feel responsible with your team to manage direction in an organization. So direction, I mean, strategies, objective, a vision, results. At the end of the day, I think a leader or management must be measured by the results he achieves or she achieves. So by the impact we achieve. Mm -hmm. I'm a strong believer in, in impact, so result orientation. There's something I'm curious about. You, you, you described earlier a, a complex decision-making process yep. of a federal organization. Yep. And you as a leader in between and almost in the facilitating uh, role. Yep. But how do you manage direction in this complexity and communicate it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing is we have statutes and bylaws which spell out the major activities we have to do. Mm -hmm. Then we established a long time ago, 12 years ago, a biannual meeting, two days of all our board members mm -hmm. of all the regions and the headquarters and of the, of the directors of the regions. It's the forum of perspectives, the forum to where do we go in the future? Mm -hmm. And there we maybe it's not strategies because strategy for me is a description. How do I come from here to here? How do I go from A to B? But we sort of, we refine what is written in our statutes and bylaws and saying, okay, it's written that we do emergency ambulance services. But what is it that three or five years from now we want to achieve in emergency services? What is it that we want to achieve in home care and in our home care and home health activities? We come up with these, we call them the, the summit and that's what we have achieved in, they're not clear objectives, you know, but they're, they're sort of streamlining the organization and creating sort of avenues, which where we agreed upon, uh, or this is the direction we're going. This still leaves, and that's essential, this still leaves a lot of room for the regions to their own thing. But it is, it's a basic, we call them strategies, uh, and year on year, sort of we relate to these strategies. If we want to be there in three years from now, what are milestones uh, to get there? And there's another experience from working in the Confederation. If, if you want to start with a real big idea, don't tell people it's going, it has to happen next year. If you start a real big idea, tell them, listen, we have a lot of time. This is going to happen to this year's 2018. In 2022 or 23, that's where we want to be. Can we agree where we want to be in four or five years from now? And I know some people would say, now, well, listen, the world is turning so fast. There are no five-year five strategy don't make sense. Yeah, I agree. That's the risk we're taking. On the other hand, I realize that it's a lot easier to have the buy-in. Oh, yeah, five years from now. Some might say, oh, it's a long time. Yeah. And maybe Werner is not around at that time anymore, uh, but we get decisions from, from, from the national board that this is what we're going to do five years from now. One example was about uh, having uh, a harmonization of all cars we're using in the Red Cross. And there are 2,500 cars we're using for ambulance services, for health and social services, for other services and activities. So the color, the corporate design, and and also in terms of purchasing. And, and it was quite clear telling them next year, it's all gonna be, they're all gonna be white and this is gonna be the corporate design. It doesn't make any sense. But five years from now, you know, some of the president might've thought, well, I'm not around in five years anymore, so it's okay. Some other people said, oh, five years, it's a long time. We can say yes now, and maybe it's, it's gonna happen differently. But it's, I'm not saying every decision has to be made that way, but I'm saying it, 
it helps if you go for the long haul uh, and, and, and make people sort of have the buy-in long-term uh, for, for, for long-term strategies, except maybe these are more visions than strategies, you know, where we want to be in three years from now, uh, and then we do it on, on, on huge canvases, uh, and, and, and people, uh, 60 people participate in the drawing, and then people sort of, every time we have a board meeting, we put this up and we say, well, just to remind you, this is what we wanted to do, this is how far we have gone, which leaves opportunities saying, okay, we don't think, you know, maybe some competitor has come up with the same ideas. He has been faster. So we, we have to take some things off our list. But my experience is that, that this works. The, the big changes we have implemented, I think we have been able to implement uh, together as, as, as a big, let's say, Red Cross community uh, in, in Austria. Nice, nice. Don't you miss also the possibility to just do things the way you yep. want and don't have well, to ask it for everything? Th that's why I said they're sort of, I'm working in two ecosystems, yeah. in the ecosystem of the, of the headquarters and in the ecosystem of the regions. Yeah. In the headquarters, of course, if we say we want to invest 2 million euros into, into the laboratories of our blood bank, it's a decision of the management board of two people sitting down together after hearing, let's say, and hearing the, uh, the advices of, of the managers of the blood bank. And it's, yes, and then we're going to do it. And if it exceeds a certain level, we, we, have, we need to buy in from the director of our board. Um, and he's usually, he's in agreement. So that's what we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which we've just done recently, this, this investment, a major investment, we've decided to do it in, in the years 1918 and uh, 2018 and 2019. In, in our blood bank. So within the headquarters, of course, decisions can be made a lot faster. Uh, there we have our sort of key performance indicators. There it, it works like in, hopefully in, in, in any well-managed company. Yeah? So it, and there's, and, and it's a different, it's a different setting. Uh, and, but at the same time, you know, we manage a blood bank here. It's the largest one, but there are, another three blood banks managed by the regions. So it is the next day, maybe before you invest here, you talk to the regions and saying, well, listen, if we invest here, uh, if we increase our capacity, maybe you want to think about sourcing out some of the things you do uh, because we might be able to do it cheap, cheaper. Yeah? We were never quite independent uh, from what we're doing. And take about one of the issues we deal with almost daily is, is lobbying versus uh, versus our national government and, and versus the EU Commission. Yeah? In the statutes and bylaw, this is clearly spelled out to be a responsibility of the headquarters. Uh, uh, so I'm, I also have a second function as the as the leader of, as the uh, director of the board of our of our Brussels office, which is an office of 28. European National Red Cross Societies in Brussels with some 20 people. There we do lobbying on a European level. In Austria, we do lobbying on a, on a national level. And we were talking about now managing myself, managing direction. The third one would be managing meaning. We're talking maybe now everybody talks about purpose. Yeah? Yes. And we are, a, we are a, a, an organization which is very much driven by meaning and by purpose. In, in our light build, in sort of in our corporate philosophy, it says we are here to help. 
And yep. we have the principle of humanity and of sort of safeguarding human dignity. Uh, and that is something you can feel when you come into this organization. Mm -hmm. We're very authentic about this managing meaning. This is something, and, and I think that is also something which, uh, which is being sort of, I would almost say, which is punished. If people are not compliant to our principles, to our mission, to our values, that is something uh, sort of, we don't want to work with these people. Okay, Rana, how did it come up, this vision, purpose? Did you create something or was it so obvious for everybody yeah. that there were no, not so many? Yeah, we did create, well, we have a worldwide mission statement, which yeah. we do not have to create on a national basis. And that's about improving the lives of vulnerable people by the power of humanity. So on, and, and some people use the slogan, uh, changing minds and saving lives, or you could also turn it around, saving lives, changing minds. Uh, and so this was not this, we just translated it into our language, uh, but values, for example, coming out of the, of, of our, what we call the light build. So this, what a light build would be corporate philosophy, yeah. where we say, we, we're here to help and we're an international organization. We are enthusiastic about what we do. We're trying out new things. Um, we want to change society. And out of this corporate statement or corporate philosophy, we distilled four uh, major values. And one is courage. Uh, the other one is caring, caring for other people. The, um, the third one is, let me think, I should know it. Um, it's courage, it's caring, it's trust. Yeah, trust made up of reliability, credibility, respect for others, um, and fairness. Yeah. So we have trust, we have caring, caring we have Courage. Well, how come I don't know? I will know. I will tell you later on. <laughs> yes. But how do you make sure that it's not only on paper? Um, well, that's. I think that's one of the major roles. If I'm oh, therefore in, in this context, I would like to mention leadership. I think I have to be a role model for these values. Like if I talk about trust, if I talk respect for other people. Uh, I'm sure everybody in this building knows that I'm very s sensitive when it comes uh, when it comes to how we treat people, how we treat each other, and that's about caring for each other, but that's about respect for human dignity. Yeah, no matter what the role of the individual is, I mean they have to be treated the same way with respect, and whether it's the cleaning lady or whether it's the president. So if some people think they can sort of, they, play, they can play games with, 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 with our cleaning ladies, I'm, they know I'm, I'm getting very upset about it. What happens then? Uh, well, in, in, in one case, well, it, what usually happens is that, that I'm saying, listen, this is the kind of behavior, there's no excuse for it. Uh, and either, either you change your behavior or you cannot be part of this community. And people do understand. Yeah? Yeah. They, people usually what they say is, yeah, no, I had a call at home and, and she was the first one I met. So I said, well, but if you, if, if it would have been the president you met, would, it, would you have said the same thing? Or no, not, of course not. Yeah. So it's also, it's about, it's about values. It's about attitudes. Yeah. Sometimes it's also about the environment or the context, but yeah.
you have been uh, part of this organization for for a long time and uh, and probably in terms of career you are quite at the end of your career yep. rather than at the beginning if you had a, a few decades to go to Leeds what would you love to see happen in which direction would you still push the organization as a leader well one direction would be that we uh, we have to as a whole organization i think we have to become even more transparent in times of social media so we have to be very clear whatever we do whatever we say tomorrow it could be in any social media and we could we could have a a, a, a shit storm uh, so we better get prepared for this. Um, You're not prepared now. Well, we—I think we are prepared now, but we have to. It has to be. Mm, I think it has to be in the, you know, in in the minds of people that mm. that transparency is a lot more important than it was 20 years ago. And well, maybe that's the wrong way of putting it. Maybe it's not more important. I think the consequences of not being transparent are different than they were 20 years ago. Yeah. So the. And so this, this more, more, more transparency, um, and there I think, I think we still have potential as an organization uh, as referred to this, what I refer to as um, shared services. You know, I think we can still be, we're, we're starting now a project uh, across all nine regions, including the headquarters, online fundraising. Mm. This is, uh, now we have agreed that it's not, every region or three regions together who want to do it. No, everybody should be around the table uh, and, and we're going to organize it on a national level. Mm. And I think about sort of, uh, yeah, digitalization processes. We could, we could still do, uh, and if I'm uh, looking into the future, um, because I think we'll be under, uh, and that's good. So we will be under tighter monitoring by, uh, by, by those, uh, we're having contracts with by the governments, national or, or regional governments, uh, as far as our effectiveness is concerned, as far as, as far as our efficiency is concerned, and and I think the uh, at least that what I notice in Austria and, and it's quite clear in Hungary, uh, I think the uh, the environment for for non-governmental or for not-for-profit organizations is changing. I think there are more uh, there are more doubts about whether or whether these, at least by the politicians, I, I realize what, what, what we see in Hungary now is that they will pass, or maybe they have already passed a law where the Minister of the Interior can ban uh, not-for-profit organizations who deal with migrants. Yeah? Mm. So you could say humanitarian aid or humanitarian work is being the danger of being, of, there exists a danger of humanitarian work to be politicized. Mm. Um, so I think the, the, the environment in the future we're working is going to be tougher. Uh, you have a lot of austerity programs running on national or regional levels. Uh, so, so, so the money for contracting out services will be tighter. Um, so the, I'm, not, I'm not pessimistic about the future, uh, but I think it is, um, we, have to, we have to constantly trying to improve improve our performance, uh, improve our impact, and also demonstrate our impact. Mm -hmm. So that we have a strong argument vis-a-vis -vis sort of our, vis-a-vis -vis the governments, vis-a-vis -vis our donors, institutional donors or private donors, that 
they can rely on us and this is sort of we are we're doing impactful work for our beneficiaries just um, coming slowly to to the yep. end of, uh, of our conversation today and what, what what would you say was your legacy from the last 20 years in this organization what what when we have asked the I've asked people in in you know in in, in meetings about writing down, we've done this writing down uh, on, on, on pieces of paper what, 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 what we treasure about other people, in, at least in, our, in the meetings with our uh, department heads. Yeah. And what they think they treasure about myself is that uh, I do behave like a role model uh, in terms of you know, sticking to our values. And the fourth value, by the way, is humility, is sort of being modest. Um, and that is... In, in terms of it's not it's not me it should not be us you know the the leaders of the organization or the the employees organization that are in the foreground it should always be the task that's in the foreground and they have said yes you we so you walk the talk we believe what you're saying if you if you talk about trust and respect if you talk about courage if, uh, encouraging people to to take decisions uh, for example one of the things i have learned in, in i think i've learned in the past or i've done in the past is i have trusted people who were enthusiastic about an idea i said well if he or she is so enthusiastic maybe i don't understand yet uh, but if he's or she's so convinced, so passionate, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And, and I've, I've only rarely been disappointed by people. And, the question, and if it didn't work, and the reaction where people came up and say, Werner, thanks a lot for trusting me, but I have to be honest, it didn't work. Yeah? We goofed. It, we failed. And, and so that was one of the, because you were asking about what, what I so what is the takeaway uh, for me in the, in, in the organization? How, yep. did you, how did you feel when, when you heard from uh, your colleagues these, these beautiful feedback? What, well, it's, it, of course, it's, a, it's, it's, it's nice. Yeah, and that you feel uh, sort of, you feel that I've been, I've been doing the right thing. Not all the time, but uh, at, at least or often enough for people to be able to realize. Mm. Uh, and, and it's also nice to, or, or to, let's say, to experience that, um, that some of the ideas have sort of have come, have come through, that people, that, that we, we were able to, to align in, in, in certain areas. Yeah? Mm. So I think what, always, what helped me, I think, is a good sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I do not take... Uh, myself too seriously. People know one of my famous sort of sayings is the, the, the cemeteries of this world are full of irreplaceable people. So don't worry about when I'm, I'm sort of leaving the organization next year. There are a lot of smart people around. They will, they will do a perfect job. They will do it differently. Maybe they even do it better. Um, so don't be afraid of the future. Um, what I've also learned is it, it pays off to invest a lot of time in planning things properly. You can save so much time in the execution if you plan things uh, properly. And rather step back and say, no, let's think it over one more time. Sometimes we do this in decisions in our, on, on the national board. Say, okay, we're pretty much of the same opinion, but let's go home and sleep over it for one night. If we still think the same way tomorrow, then let's do it. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the 
one of my personal, let's say, what I'm trying to do is following Mother Teresa. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure whether I quote her correctly, but she said more or less, uh, make sure or at least try uh, people are happier after they talk to you or after they met you. Um, this is, and sometimes it's, it's curious and it's nice to hear. I had a conversation recently with a, uh, with a board member from the Youth Red Cross. And when we got up and we shook hands, he said, you know what? I know you believe in Mother Teresa. Uh, I just have to tell you this time, I'm not leaving you happier than I met you. <laughs> yeah. But it always was, it, 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 it was nice because he, he gave me a feedback in a very nice way. He said, I know what you're trying to do, but this time uh, you did not succeed. Was it a message about the content? You were talking about you had a no. It was a, is a message about reorganizing the youth Red Cross mm -hmm. and his his future role. I anticipated in the future organization of the youth Red Cross. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah. It, it was for me. It was interesting that he came up sort of with a smile. He said, I, "I just wanted to tell you. I know you're always trying that people are leaving you happier after they after they talk to you. Mm -hmm. This time, I must say, I'm not leaving you happier than I came in here." And the other thing is, um, I learned a lot from giving away victories. So if I'm successful, and most of the time it's not me, it's, it's somebody, there are a lot of people, and if somebody of the team is, is sort of credit worthy, I have, and maybe that is, uh, maybe this, it's, it's an egotistic way uh, to, to, to harvest uh, sort of good relationships, but I have, I've realized that if you then, if you put these people sort of center stage and say, it was him, provided he really contributed, yeah, oh, you get, you get, people are so grateful for being center stage. Uh, and, and I, but I think that comes with age, you know, the older I am, I get, I say, oh, I don't have to be center stage anymore. I mean, people know me and, and I'm, I'm very happy in what I'm doing. I think I have a, I've probably one of the most wonderful jobs you can have in Austria. Uh, so there's so many other people around who are most talented and I have the chance to provide them opportunities to sort of to prove that they're, that they're splendid people, that they're able to perform well. So why not put them sent to the stage? Yeah. Werner, I would like to, to ask you um, a last question if you, yep. if you agree. You will uh, leave your function next year? Yeah, in September 2019. Yep. Uh, what is the, the leadership advice that you would like to give your successor? You don't know who's going to be the successor, but what is it that, you, that is really important to your heart and you want yeah. to for the future? Yeah. You, you know, we were saying in German, Drissia, jeder Ratschlag ist ein Schlag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, I would sort of, I would involve them in the discussion where, where it comes out clearly that I believe in sort of what, what we should have more of in our organization yeah. and other things we should have less of. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think we should have more of, of the three C's of, of connecting, coaching and caring, connecting in networks, coaching people to their full potential uh, and also making sure that this, you know, that this is a workplace where people can grow, where they, most of the time, I always tell my people, what, what I dream of is that many people in an organization, when they leave home every morning, 
They're looking forward to work another day in the Red Cross. I know it's not possible every day, but if you, if you can get 70% out of 100, I think then, then we have done a good job. And I have done a good job as, as, as sort of director or as, as secretary general. So it's more of this connecting, coaching, caring. It's more of, that's my idea of, a, of, of let's say, of a company. It's, could, you could say it's like a living being. But I believe in an organization being like the, it's the, an organization is a community of trust. Trust is something you have to earn every day. So it's, every day it's the same job building or keep building, enlarging, improving this, this, this community of trust. And there's number one priorities is communicating, number two priorities communicating, and number three priorities communicating, which is also in line with the, uh, with the systemic approach. And so that would be more of, and then less of, it's less of believing at the great man at the top, you know, the general making the calls, less of command and control, which is not so easy in the Red Cross because in ambulance services, we have and we must have command and control. In emergencies, there's no democratic choice. Somebody's making the calls and somebody else is executing the calls. But so we have these two, let's say, two souls in our organization and they have to be, and that's another one of these contradictions you have to be able to live with Maybe even more of also feeling that I'm here to contribute, you know, to the greater whole of something. There's this famous example of, of three craftsmen. And one says, well, this is, I have to make a living somehow. The other one is say, well, don't you know, I'm the best carpenter in the world. And the third one, I'm here because I want to make a contribution to the building of, to the construction of this wonderful cathedral. And that if, it, if, we, if we can instill that notion, you know, in people, that they're here to contribute to a great idea. And I don't think there are many greater ideas around than the idea of the Red Cross, which is improving the lives of vulnerable people. Thank you very much for this beautiful conversation. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for listening. That was another edition of Leadership Backstage. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if you want to know more about me or have a conversation with me, you can get in touch via dsh-internationalhr.com.